thank you for tuning into Holistic Finance, where we promote financial balance and financial health. Our mission is to simplify your finances so you can focus on your practice and enjoy life. Now here are your hosts, Ryan Burklow and Alex Collins. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Holistic Finance. I am your host, Ryan Burklow. With me, staring at me on video, Alexander Collins. Hey, Ryan. How's it going? Good. Uh, I enjoyed the giggle that you gave me. That was a darling. You're, you're welcome. <laughs> Question mark? <laughs> Very much so. Uh, for those of you who are returning, uh, thanks for returning. Uh, this podcast is is all about naturopaths and how to help your practice grow scale and also be financially um, uh, financially stable. Uh, and for those of you who are new, uh, Alex is now laughing at me because he loves my terminology. For those of you who are new, this is all about naturopaths and how to help you with your practice um, from a financial standpoint, as well as how to grow that practice. So we bring on guests uh, to speak into several different topics. As a matter of fact, um, a couple of weeks ago, we had uh, Dr. Jaquel Patterson, who wrote wrote a book um, called Natrepreneurs, talking about uh, scaling your practice with integrative medicine. And so we had her on. We'll have, we've had, um, you know, malpractice insurance professionals. We've had estate planners on. So we have different people on, um, not only to uh, deal with a little bit of the monotony of Alex and I always being the ones talking, because I'm sure that can get annoying and, and dull maybe sometimes. Uh, our humor is funny to us, maybe not to you. We'll find out, I guess. But uh, but yeah, that, that's what this podcast is about. So glad everyone could join. Um, if you want, make sure you check us out at uh, holistic-finance.com. And there you have some more information about us. And if you got any questions or want to reach out to us, there's a way to reach out to us there. Well, and one of the goals of having some of these other folks on is, well, Ryan and I are confident in the skills and knowledge we have. We also know that we don't know everything. So we're bringing in subject matter experts uh, to talk about things like student loans and student loan debt and and the various different aspects uh, of someone's financial life. Absolutely. So let's let's jump in here, Alex. So Alex and I were having a conversation earlier, and uh, I think this will be a really good topic um, today. And the conversation Alex and I were speaking into was talking about really the money and time that people spend on prevention and wellness versus money and time spent on chronic conditions. And go ahead, Alex. We, yeah, just the the amount of time that we that the medical community spends treating symptoms as opposed to the underlying issue. Yeah, and it's it's big out there, right? Because while we all understand the prevention and wellness is the biggest thing to help us long term why is it that the bulk of our time and money is spent on the things that are happening right now the symptoms to alex's point rather than that holistic piece of how do i keep myself healthy for a long period of time so that i don't have to deal with the chronic illness or if i do have to deal with an illness hopefully it's not chronic yeah i mean i think it goes back to uh the the age-old quote right an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Yeah. And so so why are we talking about the medical side of things? Alex and I are not NDs. 
however, this ties exactly into how we speak into financial lives. So the question we've got for you today is, how much time are you spending on protection and certainty versus individual concerns or chronic concerns? And I, th I think that's a huge piece uh, into, into what meets, most people do. And for whatever reason, while the similarities are huge from a health standpoint and a financial standpoint, um, oftentimes it's very easy to forget that. And so let, let's go ahead, Alex. Well, it, it's also sometimes hard for folks to draw the parallels, even though they're standing right in front of us. Yeah, just like anything else, right? Like we all know we need to go to the gym. We all know we need to keep put good food in our body, right? And not just eat a bunch of hot tamales every night, which by the way was delicious last night. I don't know why, but I had a craving for hot tamales. <laughs> but, Wait, but the candy? Yeah, the candy. I don't know. It was odd. I, I literally, I used to love it as a kid and I was at- Man, I haven't had those things in like 15 years. Yeah. I used to love yeah. those things. I ate the big box, so that's what I did. <laughs> yeah, so, but again, we all know what to do, yet many of us don't do it, or maybe we don't do it consistently. And the same thing can be true in the finances, just right. The reason we don't work out or the reason we don't put good food in our body, a lot of times is just time or the lack of time that we feel we have making it a priority to do. Coaching and accountability. Exactly. So let's talk about what, you know, let's give a little bit more uh, detail um, in regards to what we're talking about, it, focusing on protection and cert certainty versus individual concerns or maybe tactical decisions that we, that we oftentimes talk into. So the, the traditional side, right, Alex, is the simplistic piece on the protection piece is how little protection can I get to get me by? Yeah, uh, like nobody likes the the insurances of the world. And so it's how little can I spend here to uh, check the box? And and what we find is that folks like really kind of wind up regretting a lot of those decisions. Once we actually get to the point of, of using whatever it is, they're like, oh, hey, well, if I would have known that's how it works, I would have done it differently. Right. Again, it's getting back into that, that, that individual concern and thinking about it from only a, how much little can I spend on that? Because let's just face it, no one likes to really talk about protection for the same reason. Although I think there are a lot of people that like to work out. I'm not one of them. <laughs> so I could compare it to that for me, right? I hate running. I'm doing more running nowadays than I ever have before, only because I understand that the importance of it for the same reasons that many people hate protection, a lot of times they're thinking it's money lost rather than thinking of the long-term effect of what happens if my income goes away. Yeah. So the, the next piece is, is talking about, um, let's just maybe liquidity or just having access to cash or money sitting in, call it a savings account. Right. And the, the concept here is that folks don't want it, uh, their cash sitting idle and not generating some sort of rate of return. Um, and, and we've we've actually put out a podcast that talks about all of like the missed opportunities and things of that nature and and how like we don't accurately reflect what the real rate of return is on cash uh, because of all of the other aspects that we don't necessarily have to have, whether that's uh, uh, reduced insurance because we've got 
you know, dollars sitting there in cash to be able to deploy similarly or lost opportunities, those types of things to be able to, to deal with it. Um, yeah, those, those types of concepts. Yeah, and the third piece kind of ties into what you were just talking about. It's, it's the over-reliance upon rate of return of, of maybe the practice or other investments, possibly in, you know, market-based assets, you know, stocks and bonds type of rate of return. Yeah. And so like folks will literally turn it into a math problem um, and say, oh, okay, I want to have X dollars at retirement. I have Y years. I expect I'm going to get a rate of return, whatever A is. Um, and then they just, you know, do the multiplication of like, okay, how many years times rate of return times how many dollars do I need to save in order to get to my goal, whatever that is. And the, the issue with this system is that you're setting yourself up for failure uh, if you don't attain that, uh, that expected rate of return. You, know, you don't get to, to your goal. You don't get to retire. Um, the other component is, well, okay, well, now that we have whatever your, uh, in, your dollar amount was that you wanted to, to use, how are we then like a million dollars or, or whatever the, the target is, $5 million dollars? Um, you know, whatever the, the number is that we're trying to hit at retirement, how do we then turn that into a, into an income stream? And what happens if that number changes on us over the 10, 20, yeah. 30 years that we're saving? There's so many assumptions in that formula you were just talking about. It's impossible for that formula to actually play out in real life. And, well, right. And people don't understand that. And so it winds up leading to an over-reliance upon rate of return. It leads to, uh, again, that mentality of how few dollars can I save to obtain the outcome? And really what that leads to is we're giving up control. Yeah, which which is the number four piece here is, you know, you've heard us say it before, you know, control what you can control when you leave everything up to a market-based asset or even you know the, the sale of your practice right because there's still a bunch of assumptions inside of that because you don't know what your practice is really going to be worth and we're not saying that to forget about that piece but it's more of control what you can control and so in the in the instance that we're talking about here the traditional method you're giving up a lot of control and just you know kind of hoping that everything works out. Yeah, un understanding the difference between promise-based assets and guaranteed-based assets. Exactly. And so uh, I think that really kind of sums up everything. Like the control piece for me and the traditional side is just giving up the control because you're focusing on individual decisions almost or a magic formula rather than controlling it, right? As NDs, you had to go through school you had to go through so much to get where you're at to, today and you controlled almost every step of the way. Like you controlled your study habits, <laughs> right? Then we get into business and financially and sometimes health, and that's what the comparison is, we almost give up the control. Like, why is that? Yeah, I'm, I'm shocked that control is the, uh, the most important component to you. <laughs> shocked. Yes. Yeah, I know. Thank you. Um, everyone that knows me right now is now laughing their tail off. So appreciate that. You're welcome. So, so let's transition now to the holistic side of things. So let's, let's, let's talk more on the prevention and wellness side. Yeah. So 
where we start is we're going to protect against what our worst possible threats are. And we're not just going to do the minimum amount of protection. We're going to protect against it fully, making sure that our, our lifestyle is not impacted by these negative events. Yeah, I mean, I'll compare it to this. As I mentioned before, I hate running. What if I decide, well, you know what? I'll just run a quarter mile rather than the full mile. And that will suffice because at least I did something. Right? Yeah. And, if, and so from a protection standpoint, yes, you might have something in place. The question, and we're talking about protecting from the worst threats first, right? This is something that can completely crush everything you're trying to build, right? This is the, the loss of income, right? This is the lawsuit. This is legal documents, having your legal documents set up for your practice. This is premature death, either for you or maybe a business partner or even a spouse, right? If those events occur and you're not protected the way you're currently living, well, that means most likely lifestyle changes quite dramatically, which is well, why we say protect fully. Yeah. And let's go back to your, your example of, of running. Like if your doctor said, hey, you need to you know, lose weight to avoid a heart attack. And so you're like, okay, cool. I'll go run. Like there is no magic amount of running, right? It, it's, and so. Well, I ran to my cupboard to get the hot tamales. Um, Perfect. I, yeah, I think that worked, right? You're good. You're good. <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry. I did that on the wrong side. You couldn't actually see it. It was hiding behind the microphone. You're good. Um, and, and for those so of you who listening, he gave me the okay with the, uh, the, uh, the hand signal. So it's one of those things where like, like we want to protect against it as well as we possibly can. We want to do all of the various different things to that heart attack, in my example, um, instead of just, oh, hey, I ran a quarter mile or I ran to the cupboard for hot tamales. Um, yeah, it's, it's making sure that we're protecting against what are the things that could cause financial death and, and we want to protect against it fully. Which takes us to our next step around, we brought this up earlier, like having money sitting in savings or what we will call liquidity, just having money or access to money easily. And this is an, it's another form of protection to some degree in terms of just having money sitting around for the oh crap scenario, but it's also setting yourself up to actually have a, a you know, my favorite word, control of your financial picture because if you've got a, a decent sum of money sitting in cash, what flexibility do you have throughout your life? Yeah. Uh, the answer is a lot. Right. So when we talk about liquidity, like it is, it's dollars that can be used in so many different methods and so many different mechanisms. Um, we, we, you know, you and I will talk about single use of dollars versus, you know, dollars that will multiply and allow us to do multiple different things with them. Savings dollars are, are one of the better Swiss army knives uh, in our toolkit because we can deploy it in, <laughs> in so many different ways. Um, and, and so just having having access to cash is really something that provides us a ton of flexibility, freedom, and uh, choices and options. Yeah, which really kind of takes us to, to number three, to, to have the savings, right, is, is the focus on saving money rather than the focus on rate of return on your money. 
Yeah. Uh, like as much as Ryan and I would love to be able to control the rate of return of our clients' accounts, uh, we cannot. We are subject to the whims of the markets, whether that's the stock market, the bond market, the real estate market, uh, whatever whatever's going on, the, the economy in general, we are subject to the whims of things that are not under our control. When we talk about savings rate, savings rate is largely within our control. Like certainly people can well, poke holes and say, oh, well, what about this? And what about that? And that's not in your control and blah, blah. Yes, that, that might be true. We're going to have these one-time events that pop up and we, we don't have any control over them. However, we do have the ability to control how much money we spend on a regular basis. It's really the control of your habit. Yes. That's really the piece there. It's the control of actually habitually saving money rather than habitually hoping and praying the market works out. Yeah. It, uh, it is amazing how much of a cure-all saving the right amount of money is. You can do a lot of things wrong, and if you're saving enough money, you'll be okay. Yep. It, it also helps keep, you know, I, I call it a lifestyle check, right? If you're only saving 5% through most of your life, and then one day you either can't go to work anymore, or you choose not to go to work anymore, or don't want to go to work anymore, that means you need 95% of your current income to live the life you want when that when that time occurs. Yeah, that's really super challenging because now you're you're looking at uh, a 20x multiple basically. Yep. Rather than if you're saving 20%, well now you only need 80%, right? So it, it's a lifestyle check piece and you know that's probably going to come across maybe you know penny pinchers and make sure you're focusing on budgeting. It's not, not that, enough. you know, we've had a, we had another podcast about this is just really think about where you're putting your money and they're really bringing the value. Like that's just it, right? I spend, I've, I've mocked myself on this. My family and I like to go to Maui and we stay at the Ritz Carlton, which obviously is not the cheapest hotel that we could possibly stay at. However, the value and everything that we appreciate in that trip, because it's purely pampering ourselves, it's worth it, right? And that's not something we do the other week. Well, the other component to that, Ryan, is you guys do a very good job of saving money. And so it doesn't really matter where the extra dollars are being spent, whether it's on a home or vehicles or entertainment or whatever else, it doesn't matter. What matters is whether or not you're saving. And so like the reason to like keep a budget and things of that nature isn't to try and pinch pennies and figure out where every last dollar is going. It's to be able to increase savings. And if you're able to go ahead and save 15 to 20% of your income, it frees you up so that you can do whatever the heck you want with the other 80%. And so like if you're adhering to any of the other rules of thumb or guidelines, like house, car, all of the various different payments, well, then you can splurge in an area or two. Like your family typically splurges on vacations and travel and where you stay. My family splurges on going out to entertainment stuff. 
uh, sporting events, going to M's games, going to Sounders games. Uh, we're on the, the wait list for the NHL Seattle team. Which I can't uh, wait for, by the way, because I'm actually on that waiting list as well. <laughs> so much fun. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, but we also go out to concerts and and things of that nature, uh, comedy shows. Like that entertainment is where my my family spends a bunch of its money. And that's totally fine so long as we're still able to save the appropriate amount of money. Which brings us to my last point or our last point and – I'm actually really excited we're ending on this because you mocked me on it earlier, is control what you can control. All of the stuff that Alex and I just spoke about in terms of what we splurge on, because we're controlling what we can control. We get to control it. Yeah. If you're, if you're not, well, then guess what? You're going to have all those like, oh, crap, I really want to go on vacation, but I'm only saving 5% and I'm a little bit in debt, <laughs> right? All of it comes back full circle. Um, this whole financial wellness and health wellness piece, it kind of goes hand in hand here, Alex. Yeah, it, it's it's okay to spend money in certain areas of your life. You can't just keep up with the Joneses in all aspects of your financial life. You can't have the big house and the new car and all of the vacations and all of the entertainment and the dining out and, and, and. Like, pick what's important to you and make sure that the first thing on the list is creating a, a systematic and repeatable savings for you. Um, <clears throat> I'm actually kind of disappointed in myself. I've got that Brian Schmetzer's army control the controllables scarf and it's, it's sitting in my car right now. Oh, um, you could have done the whole like scarf thing. You sound or you. <laughs> yeah. So in the end here, guys, you know, the, the big piece, the big takeaway here is, as a practice, you focus on prevention and wellness rather than focusing on symptoms or chronic illnesses. Are you doing the same thing in your financial life? It's that simple. And I think that I, I stole your thunder, Alex, but that is the question of the day. It really is. And like, if that's something that you're interested in, that's something you want to know more about, reach out to us. Uh, the website is holistic finance uh, dot org nope, and dot com thank you ryan uh and yeah good go there leave us a message there's a, a whole bunch of different things we've got in terms of ways to engage with us and and learn more but at our core that's exactly what we do is we we help folks control the controllables and, and work on making sure that uh, that ounce of prevention in your financial world uh, does not create that pound of cure needed at the end so as always we hope this podcast was valuable for you if you got anything out of this podcast please share it like if you got something out of it i'm guessing someone in your life might actually have that same type of question or feeling that you had after hearing this so share it that's the whole reason we have this podcast is to bring that value so as always make it a great day This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. 
guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian, or Quantified Financial Partners, and opinions stated are their own. Guardian and subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. All investments and investment strategies contain risk and may lose value. Brian and Alex are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC. OSJ3585 Maple Street, number 140, Ventura, California, 9093991100. Securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities, member FINRA, SIPC. Financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Quantified Financial Partners is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. Number 2020 